With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramay. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly here, welcoming you all to the show this week. I hope wherever you guys are, you're enjoying your summer, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, of course, because here in Vancouver, Canada, it has been very unsummer-like the, the, the past couple of days. Uh, today, especially, it was about 20 degrees or 68 Fahrenheit. It was wet, it was cold, it was windy, felt more like fall than summer, but it is supposed to be better by the time the weekend rolls around and I'm hoping that uh, by the time that does come to pass that we get some good we- uh, weather for the weekend because I'm, I'm really starting to miss summer. It, it's really been a little long in coming. We've had some nice days here and uh, here and there but a cold and wet and rainy day today was uh, <laughs> not really what the doctor ordered. Also this week 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 the moon landing. I'm not old enough to have actually been I wasn't alive when it all happened and never was able to take in any of the the Apollo missions. But as a kid and uh, even as an adult, I've always been fascinated by all of that. And uh, it's been really cool to see all the different things commemorating 50 years of the first manned mission to the moon. Pretty cool stuff. And uh, if you're a fan of, uh, of that sort of thing, you like podcasts, uh, the one I can recommend, if you haven't listened to it all already, is called 13 Minutes to the Moon. And it's uh, done by uh, the BBC World Service. And it's, uh, it's uh, I think, about a dozen episodes or so. And it uh, goes into the, the last, well, as the name uh, <laughs> implies, 13 13 minutes to the moon. It's the 13 minutes uh, between uh, when they land on the moon and the, the, the power descent. Uh, really fascinating. A lot of really, uh, really, really good interviews with a lot of the uh, the, the, the people that were involved and uh, lots of archival footage. So definitely worth checking out. But hey, we're not here to talk about the Vancouver weather. We're not here to talk about uh, Apollo 11, but it is time to talk about Formula One. And as usual, at this time of year, there is just a pile of news to get get through. So first of all, why don't we just uh, go back and talk about what was an action-packed British Grand Prix at Silverstone last weekend, Lewis Hamilton winning that one, uh, beating his teammate rather handily in the end by about 24 seconds, but uh, it could have been a little bit of a false po- uh, false indicator there because uh, Bottas stopped for a late pit stop and Hamilton disobeyed uh, team uh, orders to go in for a late pit stop, so the gap at about 24 seconds was a little misleading, but uh, certainly that one was probably decided by the safety car certainly in the early stages what with Bottas leading off of the line after capturing pole and um, the, the two of them going at it uh, through the first couple of laps it was uh, really quite exciting and uh, really cool to see uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, fighting back but just when the safety car came out there when Giovinazzi put it into the gravel trap and couldn't get out it uh, the, it really worked out uh, rather fortuitously for uh, Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel who came in and took advantage of a free pit stop after everybody else had pitted just a couple of laps 
laps early, and uh, that was uh, really it. Uh, Bottas just wasn't able to get uh, close enough to pass his or, or, or try and fight his uh, teammate to, to, to pass him again for the lead, and that's uh, the, the the way that it was. But there are a whole bunch of things to talk about that uh, that Grand Prix, and yes, we're going to talk about Sebastian Vettel and Max Verstappen and what was probably the biggest and most uh, controversial moment of the entire day. Anyways, let's start off uh, first of all just recapping our top 10 at the British Grand Prix. As I mentioned, it was Lewis Hamilton winning the race, uh, beating his teammate Valtteri Bottas, Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari taking the third uh, position, the P3, uh, Pierre Gasly for Red Bull actually doing uh, a, a very good uh, outing uh, after what has been a, a bit of a tough stretch for him. And just a, a week ago, Red Bull boss Christian Horner saying that Gasly needed to pre- press control, alt delete and reboot uh, his uh, his season. And he did just that. So a P4, very good for for Gasly. Max Verstappen coming home in fifth in the second Red Bull, which was, um, I think, very impressive considering there was a significant uh, amount of damage the car sustained after he was uh, rear-ended by, by Vettel. So um, P5, obviously probably a little bit uh, disappointing for for Max, but um, all things considered, I'm, I'm sure he's glad that uh, he was able to get some points rather than none, although I'm sure he was probably looking at least at P3 after it was all, all said and done. Six was Carlos Sainz in the, the McLaren. Seventh was Danny Ricardo in the Renault. Eighth was Kimi Raikkonen in the Alfa Romeo. Ninth was Danny Kvyat, which uh, I thought was a good outing uh, for for the Russian. So he got ninth for the Toro Rosso. And rounding out the top ten was Nico Hulkenberg in the second Renault. So let's quickly just uh, take a look at the uh, the drivers' championship. Lewis Hamilton still way on top with 223 points. His teammate Valtteri Bottas still second in the world championship with 184. Max Verstappen in third position with 136. Sebastian Vettel still clinging on to fourth in the uh, the, the driver's uh, championship by the narrowest of margins. He now has 123 points and his uh, teammate Charles Leclerc rounds out the top five with 120 points. But let's give a bit of a shout out to Pierre Gasly after having that, uh, that good outing on uh, Sunday. He is uh, sixth in the world championship with 55 points. So now on the, the other side of the, the world championship in the constructors, we still have way up at the top and no surprise here of course, because it has been an all-silver season, bar Austria a couple of weeks ago. Mercedes running away with the World Championship, currently 407 points. That is uh, almost double, well, not almost double, but getting close to it. Uh, Ferrari have uh, 243 points, second in the World Championship, and Red Bull currently third in the World Championship with 191 points. McLaren still doing uh, pretty decent on their return to, to form the season, 60 points, and then rounding up the top five in the constructors is uh, Renault starting to, to move up a little bit. They now have 30, uh, 39 points in the constructors. So be fun to watch as we uh, wind it down towards the summer break here and as we pick it up again in uh, you know at the end of August and see how they do in the latter half of the season, whether or not they can uh, claw up uh, through the table here and uh, see if they can uh, catch up uh, to McLaren and uh, perhaps even uh, pass them. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit uh, later on, but uh, Nico Hulkenberg thought that even though uh, they came home with 7th and 10th, 
10th at the British Grand Prix that they still left uh, points out on the track there. So uh, good to see that uh, Renault had a, had a good result, but uh, nonetheless, I- interesting that uh, that Hulkenberg thinks that uh, that there were still more points to, to be had. So who knows? Maybe they're finally starting to put their season together, which has obviously been a little bit uh, disappointing in, uh, in, in many uh, ways. But let's first of all talk about some of the talking points uh, about the British Grand Prix. There certainly were lots of them. Uh, first of all, Max uh, Verstappen uh, and, and Charles Leclerc, that was a, a really good dice, uh, the, the two of them. And uh, Charles was saying that he raced uh, Verstappen uh, what he, in, a, in a way that he said was harder than uh, the normal. And of course, uh, these two uh, have a little bit of a history, not too much, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, they did have uh, a bit of a coming together at the uh, the uh, the Austrian Grand Prix when uh, Max really pushed his way through. And uh, that was an incident that the, the race stewards uh, deemed was inside the, the, the regulations. It was uh, fairly aggressive, but uh, Max is a hard-charging and aggressive driver, so nothing really unexpected uh, from from that point of view. But uh, certainly, was a little bit uh, surprised at the time that uh, that the, the stewards didn't uh, step in and uh, and uh, perhaps uh, you know give you know come up with some sort of discipline, whatever that might be. You know, that's a bit of a, a different discussion, but uh, certainly, like I say, it was an aggressive move. But uh, Leclerc uh, repaying the, uh, the 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 favorite Silverstone this uh, this past uh, week, and uh, Leclerc did say that he would uh, respond uh, to that decision by being tougher on the track than he has been uh, before, and uh, that's uh, exactly what he did when he, he dealt with some what uh, was a fairly um, tough <laughs> maybe borderline defensive moves against uh, Verstappen at uh, Silverstone and uh, Max on the flip side reckoned that uh, Leclerc was still sore, his own uh, words, after what happened in uh, in Austria and then, uh, well, the, the, the Charles did say and, and confirmed that he was uh, driving differently, uh, differently now and uh, just not against uh, uh, Verstappen. So Charles uh, said nothing personal but after Austria I said if the stewards accept us to race this way then I'm more than happy to race like this. This is what I did uh, this weekend so nothing special i just raced raced harder than normal just because i felt like in the last two races or maybe a bit before that formula one wants hard racing i think us drivers are pushing for hard racing that's what we enjoy the most to be racing like that and that's what i did so uh, leclerc did go on to say that the battles uh, that he had at silverstone uh, really left him feeling a sense of enjoyment uh, at that grand prix more than uh, any other especially in uh, in recent times and i, I think it's good i think uh, like i said uh, maybe last week or the week before on the show that that uh, that, that we want to see harder racing uh, between some of these drivers so if uh, that's the way that uh, Charles is going to do it as long as with within the rules and it's uh, safe he's not endangering himself or anyone else uh, I have uh, absolutely uh, no problem uh, with that but just uh, the, the flip side of uh, that incident uh, you know you hear um, uh, Max Verstappen like I said uh, he said that uh, he felt that uh, Leclerc was still sore about uh, the, his passing maneuver to take the lead at uh, at Austria a couple of weeks ago, but that was just the way that it happened. I mean, I don't think that there's any doubt that uh, if, if uh, Max didn't make the, the the move where he did on the track, it was going to happen at the next one, or maybe two corners or three corners down the, the the track, or maybe a lap or two later at most, because he was just absolutely flying uh, in in that second half of the race. He was just uh, eating up uh, opponents on the track like uh, it was going out of style, passing people left, right, and center. He was just uh, that much better on the day than everyone else. So it was really just a, a matter of time, I think, that uh, just 
the difference uh, b- between uh, the, the way that uh, Max's car was uh, running for him and uh, compared to everybody else on the on the track. It didn't matter if you were in a Mercedes, a Red Bull, Ferrari, or whatever it might be. If uh, you weren't in the car that uh, that was uh, the same as Max Verstappen's, and if you obviously if you weren't Max Verstappen uh, yourself, then there was only going to be one uh, one result out of that, and then you'd be looking at the wrong side of the uh, of Max Verstappen's Red Bull disappearing down the track in front of you. So I think uh, it was just going to be a matter of time uh, before he got to Charles Leclerc. He, I, I don't see that uh, turning out any other way than uh, than than it uh, than it did that uh, that afternoon. Like I say, uh, or like I said a little bit earlier, the the big question about that was whether or not uh, that that was within the limits. Uh, the way that uh, Verstappen really just barged his way through past uh, Leclerc, but uh, the, the stewards did take a look at it and they decided uh, that there was uh, nothing to be punished there, and uh, they they let it go, and that's. Uh, exactly what they did in uh, in, the, in the follow-up race in, in Great Britain last weekend was uh, that there was some borderline kind of stuff uh, but uh, ultimately they, they have decided to uh, let guys race a little bit more and if they're going to be more flexible about that then I think that's going to be a, a good thing for, for Formula 1 and even Toto Wolff, uh, team principal at uh, Mercedes, uh, he says uh, what he calls borderline dirty British Grand Prix racing is, uh, is good for Formula 1 and uh, he says uh, that, uh, that that he he enjoyed uh, that he's a fan of that sort of thing. The only thing he doesn't want to see is uh, that it doesn't become like an intra-team battle. And of course, he's going to be more wary about that than probably any other team principal on the grid, having dealt with it way too many times uh, in the past. And uh, of course, uh, that hasn't been the case between Lewis Hamilton, and Valtteri Bottas the past two seasons. Of course, that goes back uh, to the Hamilton Nico Rosberg partnership that uh, that they had for several years. And well, I mean. We could go down the whole laundry list of uh, incidents uh, that uh, that happened between those two guys at Austria, at Spain, at, uh, at Spa. I mean, there there were numerous uh, incidents, and I mean, uh, just uh, just the uh, the the way that it all played out. I mean, there there was a lot of competition and a lot of uh, toxicity between the two of them. But I've never heard a team principal come out and 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 say in mid season that if uh, things continued the way that they were, that uh, that they would actually end up. Uh, breaking the contracts uh, with uh, with one or even both of uh, those uh, those drivers if uh, things continued to go the way that uh, they, they were I mean it, it probably I'm sure for for Toto Wolf was a was a big relief when uh, Nico Rosberg decided to call it a career and retire literally just uh, days after winning the the, the, the world championship because uh, who knows how that uh, relationship uh, between himself and Lewis Hamilton would have gone had he decided to stay in and uh, and 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 keep racing in Formula One so I think from from that point of view, it probably was a was a good thing. And then especially you get a real team guy come in like uh, like Valtteri Bottas. Uh, he obviously uh, is uh, less confrontational and uh, seems to be more of a team player in that uh, that regard. Is uh, you know more looking to put put his. Uh, his interests uh, maybe to one side to a well obviously I think he do, he is willing to put them to one side if you go back to the Russian Grand Prix last year when you had the team orders and he was uh, told to let Lewis through and that was down that sort of stretch run when it was pretty obvious that Lewis was going to win the world championship but uh, he needed to just to, to consolidate and solidify his position and just uh, get the I guess the uh, what do you want to call it insurance the bonus uh, of trying to wrap it up uh, sooner rather than later so uh, Bottas 
success, uh, certainly uh, from that point of view as a, as a team player when he's been called upon. But this year, I mean, I think we've seen a little bit of a, a feistier Bottas, uh, and, and we've seen at times, too, that Bottas is uh, at least as quick as, uh, as Lewis Hamilton. And at other times, uh, there's been that uh, gap between them. I mean, he was uh, very, very good at the Australian Grand Prix to start the season and uh, literally, I mean, just ran off into the distance uh, with that one. I mean, not even Lewis can catch him in that race. And I think that was a, a great way for, for Bottas to, to start the season, especially after how last year was such a, a difficult and a disappointing year for him. I mean, his, his first year at Mercedes was was uh, was pretty good, but last year was, I think, uh, rather disappointing. Uh, it just uh, didn't live up to his own expectations. Uh, I'm sure he didn't win a single race last year. I mean, you, you would have to think uh, being in a Mercedes and, and being a good driver like Valtteri Bottas, that uh, you would think that he should be a good for at least a couple of races. I mean, uh, ultimately, I think the, the, the question uh, has to be asked, uh, is Valtteri Bottas good enough? Is he world championship uh, material? And, uh, well, I mean, if he was the, the only guy in uh, the, the, the Mercedes, then probably he'd walk away with it. I mean, the thing is, he is teammates uh, to, to Lewis Hamilton, and, and Lewis, even at the age of 34, is still able to throw it down uh, quite regularly. And uh, it is impressive to, to see what, uh, what what Lewis can do. And I mean, he's almost uh, machine-like at times in the way that he's able to just uh, put in the lap times that uh, that he needs and uh, the, the way that uh, he, he is uh, able to stay focused and uh, committed and still uh, crank out these wins and these uh, important results uh, as he goes to look for six world champion uh, world championship and uh, it's it's obviously quite possible that uh, that he's going to do it this year I mean uh, of course he is leading the world championship and uh, there's a long way to go but uh, certainly uh, Valtteri Bottas has his work uh, cut out uh, to do if he's going to catch uh, Lewis Hamilton. Anyways, it's time to take our first commercial break here on the show this week, so please don't go away. We'll be back in just one moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back to the show here on the Overtime Media Network. And we're going to stick with uh, Mercedes and uh, the quote-unquote dirty racing uh, for for the time being, although um, this uh, next one doesn't have anything to do. Well, it does have a little bit to, uh, to do with uh, with dirty racing, but it didn't actually turn out to, to be as such. And uh, that is uh, Lewis Hamilton saying that he purposely chose not to block uh, Valtteri Bottas in the uh, early battle that they had at the, the, the British uh, Grand Prix. And um, Hamilton was able to 
a, a sneak pass, uh, bought us a Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn's just on uh, lap number four, but then uh, bought us uh, got uh, right back in front of him just um, you know a couple of corners later when uh, they headed into to, to cops. And um, Hamilton did say afterwards that uh, if it had been any other driver from any other team, he would have uh, taken more risks uh, to uh, defend that um, uh, position. And uh, he did say that. I mean, uh, you go back to uh, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix a couple of months ago, and uh, Hamilton did say after that one that he was a little bit uh, too nice and uh, you know letting uh, Valtteri get uh, get past him, and he wasn't going to be so uh, generous in the future. So um, he does go on to say, "quote uh, It's no secret that Valtteri wants to beat me, and I want to beat him, and that fighting spirit is stronger than anything individually for all of us. I think it's so vital, though, to have a respect. I know how hard it is to get a pole here. He did a fantastic job in qualifying, and I know how hard it is to wake up and deliver every weekend and uh, do these other drivers so the respect is there between us. I think we want to race wheel to wheel and tough. When you're racing with a teammate, it's on a different level. And of course, it's going to be on an even more different level when you um, take into consideration that uh, not only are they uh, teammates, they're teammates at the best team. And uh, on top of that, it's it's going to come down to uh, one of those guys that are going to win the world championship uh, this year. Obviously, at the moment, it looks like it's going to be a Lewis Hamilton should things uh, stay the same. But uh, if uh, things go uh, Valtteri Bottas's way and he's able to close that gap and get close to Lewis Hamilton or maybe even uh, get in front of him in the world championship, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that uh, you know, how that relationship uh, stands up and, uh, and how it goes uh, between uh, these two guys. Because, I mean, Hamilton now 223 points, 184 for, uh, for Valtteri Bottas. And so he has a healthy, comfortable lead up at, uh, up at the top there. But I mean, heaven forbid, uh, I mean, Lewis could have mechanical problems at the at the next race in Germany and uh, might not finish or he might have a bad results. And even if he finishes a uh, l- lower down in the running order by the time it's over for one reason or another and, and say Bottas wins one or two races in a row, then that th- that uh, gap can turn around uh, fairly quickly. I mean, a couple of years ago when uh, when Nico Rosberg won his championship at the start of the year, he was uh, off to I think it was like a 43 or 44 point uh, uh, gap or, or lead in the world championship over Lewis Hamilton after several races into the, into the season. But as the season wore on, Lewis was able to slowly close that ga- gap and get closer and closer and become a contender for the world championship and was able to pu- push Nico Rosberg uh, for it. And even though if you look back at that year that um, when his engine let go in Malaysia, that was kind of when his uh, championship uh, really uh, went up in a puff of smoke. I mean, I know that it came down to the, the, the final race of the year at uh, Abu Dhabi, but uh, Lewis at that point, all the momentum was with him. He was just rolling, and uh, when his engine let go, that that was it. Uh, I mean, you can use that uh, as a metaphor that it's a season went up in a bang and a puff of smoke, but that's uh, a little bit uh, dramatic. But the point is that it is a long season in Formula One. It's very much a marathon. It's not a sprint race, and uh, much like the action that we see on the tracks, it's it's not all decided in the first corner. And um, certainly when it comes to the, the, the World Championship, it's not decided after one race or even after a couple of races but uh, when you get halfway through a season and the races start to dwindle a little bit when you get into the latter half of the year there definitely becomes more pressure on the guy that uh, that that's chasing in the world championship to try and close that gap and and, and make a challenge uh, to win the championship of course it's by no means sewn up uh, for Lewis Hamilton he is uh, sitting comfortably uh, leading it so I mean he is and he does have that luxury he does have that uh, going for him but uh, as we've seen uh, before I mean uh, and, and Lewis knows this uh, himself that uh, that things can change uh, drastically and quickly 
in Formula One. You just don't expect to see it happen at, uh, at Mercedes because uh, they rarely have problems of uh, that uh, sort of nature. But uh, it is not beyond the realm of possibility that uh, that uh, that things do happen. And uh, perhaps uh, Valtteri is able to, to close it. So like I say, it would be interesting to see how those uh, pair of drivers get on with uh, one another. Uh, you know, should uh, the the, uh, the championship uh, um, uh, battle really intensify uh, between uh, the, the two of them. But uh, Mercedes, uh, uh, you know, just uh, talking about uh, some of the different strategies because um, Lewis did get like that free pit stop uh, behind the safety car. Uh, Valtteri Bottas said afterwards he was um, he was regretting the, the the decision not to go with the one stop uh, pit uh, strategy. But Mercedes say that um, that they're well aware of un- what they call unconscious favoritism by uh, split uh, race strategies, and uh, they they want to make sure that they're they're not unconsciously favoring either one of their drivers uh, by allowing them to execute uh, different uh, strategies like they did in the British uh, Grand Prix. And um, it, I mean, it, it was maybe amplified a little bit more because by the time it was all said and done, uh, Lewis goes on to win that race, which is, um, you know, his uh, sixth at the British Grand Prix, which is uh, now an all-time uh, record. But um, Bottas, he thought that a, a one-stop was uh, out of the question. And um, and Hamilton himself uh, even said that uh, he was uh, not sure whether or not he'd be able to stick it out until the end uh, on the hard tires. But yet, right at the very end, just to add insult to injury, if you're Valtteri Bottas, not only do you win the race, but uh, you, you had the fastest lap. But then out of nowhere on uh, some extremely old tires, Hamilton throws down uh, an extremely, stre- extremely uh, uh, fast lap to, uh, to to record the fastest lap of the race, and uh, that that was uh, quite something. But yeah, I, I can understand that uh, they they don't want to um, make it appear that they have uh, or, or they're favoring one driver over another. But I find it uh, at the same time a bit of an interesting admission by Total Wolf, because I always thought that it would be sort of up to both uh, both drivers and their respective engineers to come up with a with a strategy. But I guess as a team, they sit down and they 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 decide that but uh, team principal Total Wolf said that strategic freedom was a result of driver-led discussions in the team's uh, morning meeting and then he went on to say uh, that the, he, he questioned the move away from the team's tendency to run the same strategy was uh, was a fair argument but I don't know. I, I guess that if um, if they make the decision that uh, that each driver is cool with it and uh, they're out in the open, uh, you know, in, in the in the team meeting, rather than saying they're going to run the same strategy for for each car, but uh, you know, the, if they just decide out in the open and it's transparent that one one car is going to run a different strategy than another, and that works out uh, to the benefit of uh, one driver uh, compared to the other one, uh, what would be wrong with that? I don't see anything wrong with uh, with going that way as long, like I say, they're they're transparent. They're open about it because it, it would be if it wasn't done out of the open, if it was done, say, just uh, in passing, maybe uh, Lewis and his engineer say uh, to, to, to Toto, just in, uh, you know, passing in the corridor, I mean, oversimplifying and making it sound as unsexy as possible, uh, but uh, they say, okay, we're going to run strategy eight, uh, you know, this weekend, and then he runs into Bottas a little while later, and he says, well, we're going to be running strategy B. I mean, I could see maybe from that point of view that if it, if it works out, and then uh, from one driver to an unfair advantage, then yeah, I could see why they there would be maybe some some tension and uh, maybe the, the the possibility for dispute or disgruntlement, whatever you want to call it. But you know, if they're they're open about it in the team meeting uh, themselves, and sure, why not? Just uh, go for it. I mean, uh, at the end of the race, I mean, uh, you know, you, you're you're trying to win, and 
you would have to think whichever way you're going to go, uh, especially with the Mercedes, that uh, that you're going to have a pretty good uh, chance of uh, winning the race. But again, uh, sort of uh, very interesting. I mean, uh, I guess maybe when they go through and they do all the planning that uh, that they come up with a specific strategy because Mercedes is all about winning and they're all about scoring the maximum points because as much as they want to, to see their drivers win and and win championships, they also want to win constructors championships. And you can you can tell each and every weekend uh, when, when they're there when they win. I mean, they look like the, the the happiest group of people in the entire pit lane, and uh, I, I just get the the impression all the time that uh, that even though that they've been so dominant over the past uh, several years, that uh, this is still a group of people that uh, that loves to show up to the track each and every Grand Prix weekend. Uh, they they love to go racing. They they love the competition. They love the, uh, the obviously when they win, and um, I mean at least uh, from from my point of view, it doesn't seem like this is a group of people that uh, that's uh, getting tired of it any time soon so uh, of course I think as as long as uh, they're still scoring all those points then perhaps they would all be uh, rather satisfied with that but I could see that it, it would become an issue probably more for the the individual drivers if uh, if uh, if one strategy uh, constantly worked out uh, more favorably to to one driver over the other then I think it's just uh, human nature to become uh, suspicious and wonder what's uh, what's going on and what you know why is it working out so well for him and it's not working out uh, so well for me so you know you can you can look at that argument from for a number of different uh, ways but uh, certainly I think that maybe this is uh, this past weekend at Silverstone was uh, exaggerated by the fact that uh, that that Hamilton did get a little bit lucky with his um, you know the 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 safety car after the uh, um, Giovinazzi accident and uh, that uh, really worked out in his favor but uh, but still there are, are a lot of different variables when it comes into to Formula One and a lot of different things uh, that can uh, obviously happen out on the track and all on the pit wall to change all these uh, these different uh, situations. So, okay, we're, we're going into a break in a couple of minutes here, but let's get this, uh, this conversation started now. And, uh, of course, uh, Hamilton's going to get a lot of the recognition, uh, obviously being a British driver, winning the British Grand Prix, winning it for a, a record six time. And, uh, so that, that's going to get a lot of the press, but the, the, the big, big moment, uh, obviously was the accident between, uh, Sebastian Vettel and, uh, and Max Verstappen. I mean, I thought that the two of them were having a, a pretty good scrap out there on the track. And, uh, I was really, enjoying uh, watching it and it just seemed to me that uh, that that at one point sooner or later Max Verstappen was was going to pass uh, Sebastian Vettel he just uh, he looked like he was uh, a little bit faster and I thought that uh, Seb was only going to be able to uh, to hold him off uh, for so long before he would just uh, eventually get gobbled up uh, and passed by uh, Verstappen I mean I thought that Vettel did uh, pretty good uh, in in the race in the qualifying I mean uh, again a little bit uh, disappointing if uh, your Ferrari, I mean, they weren't uh, quite obviously up to it uh, again in terms of, I mean, they had a decent car. I mean, I, I think that the the, the qualifying was uh, quite interesting the way that that uh, that different cars, especially Charles Leclerc, looked like uh, he was uh, going to be uh, uh, throwing his hat, own hat into the ring for the uh, for for pole position at one point in um, the final flying hot lap. I think he set uh, two purple sectors and then just lost it in the final third of the track there and uh, ended up uh, behind uh, Valtteri Bottas and, and Lewis Hamilton. I mean, the, the two of them were only uh, six on one, sorry, 
sorry, six thousands of a second apart. I mean, uh, Valtteri sets a, a pole time of one twenty five point oh nine three, and then Hamilton uh, setting a pole time of one twenty five point oh nine nine. Even Charles isn't that far behind, setting a one twenty five point one seven two. But the thing is, I mean, uh, the, the Ferrari was never going to be. I, I think, um, even though it, it looked promising at one point, it, it would have been a real surprise if uh, if he was able to pull that off and uh, and get uh, and get uh, pole position. I mean, especially you look at uh, Vettel again, struggled uh, a little bit in in qualifying. I mean, it wasn't as say as bad as a couple of weeks ago at the French Grand Prix when uh, he wasn't even able to to go out. Sorry, was that France or Austria? Anyways, you know what uh, what I'm talking about when he had the uh, that problem uh, with his car, he wasn't able to actually get out and qualify, and uh, you know ended up. Uh, starting uh, further back. I mean, he's had some issues in, sorry, that was the Austrian Grand Prix in in, in, uh, in France. He had another issue. Uh, I think it was a bit of a sticky upshift and uh, just wasn't able to, to set the most optimum time. I mean, the point that I'm getting to is that, that the pattern over the past couple of races at, is that qualifying has been uh, a little bit sticky uh, for for uh, Sebastian Vettel. It just hasn't worked out. And anyways, I mean, he did qualify six in the end, but uh, once the, 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 the race got underway, I mean, yeah, he was uh, able to, I mean, he did have some scraps early on but at one point he was up as high as third and um, it seemed at least to me that uh, just looking at the way that uh, that other cars uh, what they what they were uh, going uh, for a strategy and when they were going in and, and what tires they were that they were running at different points in the race it seemed like a long shot that uh, Sebastian would be able to stick out there you know for a long long time and still manage to, to hang on to a p3 but I, I thought that he had a shot at the podium at uh, at least uh, but my, my big question was uh, whether or not the uh, the strategy that he was on was going to work out in his favor uh, you know by the time it was all said and done but it was uh, you know it was uh, quite the spectacle to see uh, Verstappen and uh, and Sebastian and then especially uh, when the two Two had the uh, they're, they're coming together. I mean, it was it was something else. I mean, uh, he, uh, Verstappen had just passed uh, Vettel uh, on lap 37, and uh, they're just coming down to Vale Corner, which is where um, uh, Giovinazzi went off uh, earlier in the race. Anyways, uh, what happened was uh, uh, Verstappen uh, going into the corner, and um, Vettel was trying to retake uh, the position, and then just uh, ended up uh, misjudging the whole thing. I think uh, Sebastian said that he expected Max to go one way and uh, he didn't go the way that he was anticipating to him and then it was very much uh, a replay of what we saw between uh, the two Red Bulls of uh, Verstappen and Ricardo at uh, Azerbaijan uh, was it last year when they came together at the end of that very very long start finish straight into turn one and uh, Ricardo went uh, right up uh, the, the the back end of uh, Verstappen and uh, both of them were, were out of the race at that time I, I mean I, honestly I was very surprised that uh, that both of them uh, kept uh, kept going I mean uh, Verstappen went over the curb really hard went into the gravel and uh, my first reaction is oh well you know he's not going to get out he's going to the same position as uh, as poor Antonio Giovinazzi who uh, put it into the gravel and uh, just wasn't get out uh, but uh, Max was able to get back out on the track and I was uh, very surprised I thought well he, he can't go on after getting hit that hard by Sebastian there's got to be uh, you know major damage to that car and how is he going to keep going but uh, he certainly did and we'll talk about that and continue the discussion here in just a moment as we take a quick break here on the Overtime Media Network. So please don't go away. We'll be back in just one moment. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. 
Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. All right, welcome back to Scuderia F1 here on the Overtime Media Network. So let's keep talking about that. As we went into the break there, I was just uh, refreshing everyone's uh, memory about the Vettel uh, Verstappen uh, accident. And uh, like I was saying, I was very surprised that uh, Max, even though he ended up in the gravel, that uh, that it didn't stick in there. He was able to to keep going and he was able to get out. Uh, Sebastian, not surprising, having to, to go in and uh, basically do uh, an entire lap around the circuit and then go back uh, for a new uh, front uh, front uh, nose and a front wing and uh, that uh, plummeted him uh, right down to the bottom which was uh, quite shocking to see I mean uh, the, the way that the field was still fairly compact I mean he lost obviously a significant amount of time uh, going the almost an entire lap around before you go into the uh, the, the pits for a new nose but uh, <laughs> this is just a bit of a tangent uh, but for a while there I mean he was behind everyone including the two Williams I thought well if you're Sebastian Vettel in a Ferrari even though uh, you've just had this uh, rather embarrassing moment uh, that's uh, knocked you out of contention for a possible podium and uh, just adding to compounding some of the misery that you've had over the past uh, well you know most of the season so far and even maybe going back to a portion of last year um, <laughs> that, that you might end up uh, behind the two Williams who are you know several seconds a lap uh, slower than you but uh, he was able to to, to get his uh, way past uh, at least uh, Kubica there so wasn't all doom and gloom for, for Sebastian Vettel but yeah I mean uh, damage uh, and and everything aside, I think by the time it was all said and done, that uh, that the ten second uh, penalty that uh, that that Vettel was handed for uh, causing a collision, I think that was uh, all fair, and uh, I, I don't think that there was any uh, reason to to complain about it. I mean, it it, it is what it is. I, I mean, he didn't intentionally cause uh, that that accident. I mean, uh, obviously not. I mean, uh, they were both uh, fighting hard uh, for third position, and the the guy just misjudged it, and uh, he came out and apologized to uh, Verstappen right after the, uh, the, the the race, which uh, I think was a classy and the right thing to, to do. And, you know, you just uh, walk away with it and, you know, move on. Uh, disappointing, obviously, because he didn't get any points uh, whatsoever. I mean, uh, Max, uh, despite having all the damage to the floor and the diffuser and everything on, on the back of his car, was able to keep it going. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a moment here because uh, Christian Horner was uh, referring to it as well. But it wasn't uh, impressive in the fact that he was able to keep the, the, the car going for another number of laps. I mean, lap 37 is 52 lap race. So there was a, a fair amount of distance uh, to go. I mean, it was, we're getting to the closing stages, but uh, to, uh, to to keep it going like that. And I mean, at one point I was wondering, I thought maybe it, it, it had caught up with him and he was going to drop out uh, of the race. But, uh, you know, good good work for Max. I mean, it is difficult, uh, you know, to keep the car going in, uh, in, in, a, sit, in a situation like that. And uh, like I say, after the race, uh, 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 Vettel did, uh, 
apologize uh, to it. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think, uh, like I say, it was the, the right thing uh, to do it. I mean, Max uh, said, uh, quote, I guess he misjudged his braking in there, but he spoke to him. He apologized to, to me immediately out of the car and that's it. It's disappointing, but you can't change it now. And uh, yeah, certainly that's uh, that's what it is. I mean, Christian Horner, team principal at Red Bull, uh, did say that it was, quote, incredible that uh, Max kept going after the damage he sustained uh, with the the accident. Uh, but I uh, said, well, I mean, it, it was quite uh, quite the uh, the the thing to see because as he was going into Vale, that left-hander, and then getting hit the way that he did, I mean, he went sideways uh, into that gravel trap. But before he did that, I mean, he did uh, fly over the curb. And I was a little bit worried there for a split second that he might land funny. And perhaps, uh, you know, if he landed a bit funny, that uh, perhaps the car could roll over, which uh, could be uh, rather nasty. But fortunately, even though uh, he hit the, 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 the gravel on a bit of an angle, the car came down on all four wheels and uh, there was uh, no further damage. Well, I mean, there was damage done to the car, but, uh, you know, Max himself was uh, okay. But uh, I think my reaction <laughs> would have been uh, quite uh, quite amusing to see. I think I sort of jumped out of my chair. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. But uh, I'm sure I'm just one of millions of uh, Formula One fans that said uh, exactly that uh, when, when that all un, uh, un- unfolded. And, you know, I, I know that Sebastian Vettel has had uh, his issues over the, the, the past year or so. I mean, there was uh, quite a few of them. And, I mean, he had... Has a big history with uh, with uh, Max Verstappen. You look at Japan last year. Uh, you look at uh, China last year. I mean, there, there's there's a number of them. I mean, there's there, there's been incidents where they've come together. But I mean, that I think was uh, probably the the most spectacular Verstappen and uh, Vettel moment uh, that that we've seen so far. And uh, Vettel, uh, you know, he he didn't uh, have anything to say. I mean, he was very obviously uh, vocal about the the you know, the five seconds uh, penalty that he was given as a result of that. Uh, uh, unsafe return to the track uh, in in Montreal but the, this there was no real defending that and uh yeah I, I think that it was uh, you know a good thing for him just to come out uh, and apologize and 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 just to come, you know be clean and be forthright and come you know with, with the whole thing but I do have to wonder now if we've seen peak Sebastian Vettel I mean it uh, it uh, certainly is um not something you expect to see from a a four-time world champion, and I think that that is uh, that uh, as, as time have gone on and Ferrari has uh, struggled a little bit, uh, that maybe he's just uh, tried a little bit uh, too hard. I mean, uh, he certainly is a good driver. I, d- I don't know if he has another world championship in him. I mean, he certainly had a legit shot last year, and uh, I, I'm sure he probably uh, he, even if he hasn't said uh, publicly, I mean, he must think about it uh, e- even subconsciously that uh, that that was a championship that that got away from him uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head what the what the final standings were in the world championship but at least up until the summer uh, break or even just uh, afterwards because I mean uh, Vettel uh, did win in spa last year and uh, and excuse me did so in a in, in very dominating uh, fashion I mean he, he was it was really down uh, between him and Lewis Hamilton and he kept uh, Lewis at bay at, at arm's length uh, for uh, a very good portion of the race so that uh, there was hope for him to win that uh, world championship right up until that point. Then we have everything that happened, like uh, they, the the two of them, uh, Vettel and um, and Hamilton, uh, coming together at the first lap at, uh, at at the Italian Grand Prix. Then we have Singapore, but by that time it was uh, the, the momentum had really shifted enough that uh, that that had moved away from Ferrari and Vettel, and it was uh, firmly on the side of Hamilton and uh, Mercedes, and the, and that's uh, of course the way that uh, that it worked out in the end. But um, I don't know. It it 
I've been very critical about uh, Sebastian Vettel here on the show at uh, at times, and I, I really don't know what to, what to say anymore. I mean, uh, it was a bad mistake. He admitted it himself, and uh, it will be interesting to see how he uh, reacts uh, to it and how he he comes back and uh, and uh, perhaps uh, you know. I don't know how you bounce back, but uh, Vettel, he was even talking about it and he was comparing to the situation that he's in uh, this year was very different uh, to what uh, what he went through in uh, 2014, which was his last year at, uh, at Red Bull Racing, because uh, of course, like that year afterwards, uh, that was when Fernando Alonso uh, broke his contract and was able to leave Ferrari and then uh, moved over to McLaren. So that, that left the opportunity for Sebastian Vettel to go there. And I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, uh, you know, if you're a four-time world champion i mean he didn't win that year i mean lewis hamilton won in 2014 but still do you have an opportunity as a as a guy that's uh you know been the guy for the past uh, several years i mean he had uh, a great time obviously at, uh, at red bull i mean uh, won uh, a lot of races for world championships i mean they won constructors titles i mean they had it all going on for them there for for several years so it was the right time uh, to move and it, it didn't really happen uh, overnight uh, of course it took a little while before they uh ferrari that is that uh, really started to get uh, competitive and certainly we saw them get very competitive uh, in, in 2016 they looked more like a legit threat and in 2017 uh, they were at, at least as good as uh, Mercedes if not uh, at times a little bit better and I think that's why it makes uh, this year even uh, even more disappointing considering that uh, they've been trending upwards over the past couple of years and and this year just uh, regressing that uh, the, the way that they have but uh, anyways Vettel says that uh, that the, the problems that uh, that he's having uh, now and and there are similarities uh, because uh, that was uh, Ricardo's first year as a, as a younger driver at uh, at Red Bull, and now he uh, you have uh, Sebastian Vettel and uh, Charles Leclerc again. You know he's got a younger teammate with him, and, and very much like the time at Red Bull uh, in in 2014, the younger teammate is uh, you know outperforming and out uh, outdoing him in certain circumstances. But he's not really letting it uh, really go to the um, you know get get into his head and really uh, worry about it. And he does say that uh quote when you're talking about the frustrations i think it's maybe here and there and the end results uh, that's missing in terms of the the races we've had they could have gone uh, the other way as well so i think we need to be fair and not judging upon one particular lap like when uh Obviously, he crashed with uh, Max Verstappen, but he continues, quote, but it happened and the laps up to to that point were quite strong. We started six, so not uh, by chance found ourselves a third at some point. Uh, I think the other races could have been different as well, so I'm not too worried, but I know that uh, you could have had better could have had better results come Sunday. I'm looking forward to Germany now. And and Germany, of course, was a, a real disaster for, for Vettel. I mean, he was leading that race and he looked uh, really dominant. And then we had this uh, bizarre uh, incident of the uh, this uh, patchy showers that was raining on one part of the circuit at Hockenheim and not the other. And then uh, Vettel just got into a, a bit of a greasy patch of track uh, in the in the stadium section and just uh, slid off into the gravel and uh, just uh, buried the car, wasn't able to, to, to keep going. And yeah, just uh, I remember it uh, vividly, just uh, the in-car camera and, and, and a frustrated and upset uh, Sebastian Vettel banging his hands on the seri- uh, steering wheel after he went into the gravel and got stuck. And that uh, must have been, uh, you know, very very disappointing and and very upsetting but uh, like i say i mean where does he go? I mean, uh, Lewis Hamilton is uh, is convinced that uh, that um, Vettel has uh, what it takes to, to to bounce back, and and he says, I and I quote, 
I absolutely believe that he'll rebound. You look at the greats playing tennis. He's one of those. He's had a difficult race today, but he is a four-time world champion. He will recover and redeem himself if he feels he needs to, and he will come back strong in the next race. That's what great athletes do. So certainly, uh, at least from a a sporting point of view, uh, he's got uh, Lewis Hamilton in his corner believing that uh, that, that he's got uh, everything that he needs to, to, to pull it back together, at least from uh, from a mental point of view, uh, from a, I guess, a mental toughness kind of point of view and, and overcome these uh, struggles. Uh, I mean, the, the the car is another issue. I mean, uh, at times they look uh, competitive. At times they, they, they look like they're obviously uh, well behind uh, Mercedes. And uh, Sebastian obviously would let, want to uh, to get a good result uh, at the next uh, race. It's going to be his home race in, in Germany. But I don't think it really matters uh, where he wins if he's going to win a race the, this year. I think that uh, he just needs to get a run of good results. I think, uh, if anything, just uh, for his own confidence. And and uh, even if he's not feeling um, a lack of confidence at the moment, I think uh, just uh, maybe from the point of view, just to, to get some momentum and get uh, get a rhythm going again, because that's, uh, that's been the big problem with, uh, with Ferrari. I think that uh, because the car has not been able to deliver what uh, they were expecting that uh, that uh, that they just haven't been able to get the results that we've uh, maybe come to expect over the the last year or two and uh, that's just putting that extra pressure on them so if uh, you know he was able to turn, turn it around and and get a string of good results and maybe uh, Charles Leclerc as well who's uh, able to to uh, uh, get close uh, I mean he's come close a couple of uh, times to to win a Grand Prix uh, it just hasn't worked out I mean at Bahrain uh, he had the mechanical issue, and then uh, in Austria a couple of weeks ago, he just uh, wasn't uh, Max Verstappen in the Red Bull, and uh, that, that's uh, who ended up winning that one. But I think that's uh, a lot of what uh, Ferrari um, needs at the moment is just to get some consistent uh, good results and, and and try and build upon it. I don't uh, think that uh, there's going to be a lot more that's going to come out of the car that they have this year. It's just too far into the season now, and uh, I think that would require too much of philosophical change to the. Uh, the the uh, the uh, the way that they designed and built this car that uh, it would just it seems too much now to think that they can uh, rebuild it or, or uh, go with a, a different uh, philosophy at this point in the season and uh, basically rebuild the car now it's it's just not going to happen but still I mean if they were going to to get some uh, maybe a race win here or there and uh, maybe even just uh, some more podiums and just uh, some more uh, competitive uh, moments out there on the track be it uh, during qualifying or be it uh, during the race that's uh, exactly what ferrari needs anyways time for the final break here on the show this week and then we come back we're gonna uh, start shutting it down there's a couple of uh, interesting things to talk about and uh, we're gonna start uh, talking about another disastrous weekend for Haas f1 and we'll do that right after the break so please don't go away we'll be back in just a moment All right, right. Welcome back to Scuderia F1 here on the Overtime Media Network. And as I said, it was another bad weekend for Haas F1. Uh, this time, uh, it was a coming together between the two cars on the opening lap uh, at, uh, at Silverstone. And uh, that ended up uh, damaging both cars that they eventually did uh, retire. And uh, their team principal, Gunther Steiner, said it is not acceptable uh, for their coming together. They did have a bit of a, an incident, uh, if you're 
you remember back in Spain at uh, at the end of the, the long start finish straight and uh, Magnussen firmly shutting the door as they went uh, through uh, turn one into turn two. Uh, Roman Grosjean was quite uh, upset about it uh, but this time uh, they ran uh, side by side through the first couple of corners uh, at the start of the British Grand Prix and uh, they came uh, they, they made a brief contact uh, just as they came into the long hangar straight there and uh, the impact uh, gave uh, Magnussen uh, a puncture in his left rear tire and uh, a puncture in Grosjean's right rear and uh, both drivers lost it on uh, race radio and they were freaking out uh, in their communications uh, back to the back to the pits and uh, both of them were out of the the, the race uh, a couple of uh, laps later and uh, Gunther obviously uh, not uh, not very happy he went on to say and I quote it is not acceptable what happened i was pretty clear with him after barcelona what not to do in the end we are in a difficult position at the moment trying to find uh, out about the car on the track everybody works hard like hell and then it seems we've got a chance when our uh, long uh, runs were okay then we crash into each other on turn five which is not acceptable uh, he also went on to say that the drivers didn't speak because he uh, simply told them what he thought when they uh, met over the the the, the issue post uh, race and 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 that was it. And honestly, I don't know how uh, you you can be either uh, Magnussen uh, and Grosjean and, and and try and defend that. But I mean, uh, the thing was, I mean, uh, Grosjean he did have the inside to the corner, but at the same time, I mean, he was kind of pushing uh, uh, Magnussen out a little bit. And of course, he didn't want to go off to the grass. So I mean, there's going to going to be so much ground that he's going to give. But at the end of the day. Driving into your teammates in Formula One is like uh, committing the ultimate cardinal Formula One sin, and uh, that's exactly what uh, what what those two guys did. And uh, certainly, uh, an opportunity to um, make a run at maybe a, a points finish was uh, thrown out the window. I mean, they've struggled all year long, so I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, uh, to say that uh, that they might have had a shot to finish in the points, that might be a little bit of uh, wishful thinking, so who knows? Maybe uh, maybe them uh, fit, you know, <laughs> knocking each other out of the, the, the race didn't really have uh, that uh, disastrous effect on them that, that uh, perhaps they weren't going to score points anyways, but obviously it is embarrassing when it, uh, when it happens and it doesn't look good, and uh, you can understand the frustration in uh in, in Gunther Steiner's uh in his statements anyways this is another one that's a, a bit weird I mean uh, this came out of the show last week that um, that uh, Hass's uh, title sponsor Rich Energy had terminated their uh, deal uh, sponsorship uh, deal with them and uh, they they uh, cited a lack of poor performance um, at uh, at Silverstone or sorry not at Silverstone but at uh, at the Austrian Grand Prix that uh, that previous weekend and uh, they didn't like uh, the the Formula One app atmosphere thought it was too pc and things like that and that was kind of bizarre i thought well that seems like a pretty low move to uh, end your sponsorship deal by uh, by by tweeting about it and then it comes out uh, that uh, that wasn't even the case the ceo uh, was saying that uh, that it was uh, some minority shareholders and uh, that uh, there was nothing to it that they weren't going to um, they weren't going to end their sponsorship deal with Haas and that uh, that they were happy with it and uh, there there weren't any uh, problems and uh, now all of a sudden it's uh, it's gone on that the uh, the ceo who was a bit of a controversial fellow by the name of william story he's uh, he's out he'd been in a, in a dispute with the shareholders uh, with uh, with the company for the past uh, several days after that uh, bizarre 
a Twitter announcement. And then um, all of a sudden now he said that uh, <laughs> that he's out, you know, that it is a, an extremely strange situation. And I don't don't really know what to, to, to make of it, quite honestly. I, I, I kind of get the, the, the feeling, and this is just my, my gut feeling. It's, a, it's nothing more than that. I mean, uh, I don't have any insider information, but it almost kind of seems like it's a bit of a, a publicity stunt. Uh, but he was, uh, you know, he's gone. I mean, uh, the uh, they, they did tweet about it again, saying that uh, William Story, founder of Rich Energy, has sold his majority stake in the legal entity of Rich Energy Limited. The decision was reluctantly re- reached due to the duplicitous conduct of minority stakeholders. And to quote at Ar- uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he will be back. So who knows? But uh, just a, a bizarre kind of uh, thing going on, and uh, I mean, it's got to be a bit of a, an annoyance, if anything, to to Hass. I mean, they've had a, a bit of a bad season so far. Obviously, the cars haven't uh, lived up uh, uh, to any uh, anything, and uh, you know they're they're struggling a little bit to, uh, to to score points and to finish races and all those sorts of things. And uh, you get all this uh, BS going on off the track with your title sponsor. So a bit a bit strange. Like I say, I, I kind of get the feeling. Feeling that uh, it's a, a no, no. There's no such thing as bad press kind of situation, but who knows? That's just uh, my take on it. It may be, uh, may be right, and uh, I may be off by. Uh by a country mile, who knows? Anyways, uh, another cool thing that uh, they came out uh, of the of the British Grand Prix that Red Bull set a world record for a pit stop, and now get this, it was a one point nine one second pit stop, and that uh, is absolutely mind blowing to think that a Formula One car can come into the pits, get stationary, and less than two seconds later, he's got uh, four new tires put on the car, and he's good to go, and he's uh, out of the pit box, back uh, heading out onto the the, the, the racetrack again. And that absolutely blew my mind. I think the previous record was uh, set by Williams a couple of years ago, and that was just a hundredth of a, a second slower, if you can believe that. I mean, a hundredth of a second. I think uh, the, the time they set, uh, 1.92 seconds, uh, sticks into uh, into my mind. But uh, it was set uh, when um, uh, Pierre Gasly came into uh, to make his pit stop, and it is the fastest uh, Formula One uh, pit stop in in history. So it uh, absolutely mind blowing things and. It, it is impressive, and it doesn't really matter which team it is. Obviously, some pit crews are better than others, but I mean, all of them, just to, to think in general that a, that a Formula One car can come in off of the track, come to a complete stop, and within a couple of seconds has a completely fresh rubber all the way around the car and is heading back out on the track. Uh, it, it, it absolutely impresses me each and every time, and uh, I never really get bored of, uh, of watching it. Anyway, so sticking a little bit uh, with, uh, with Red, Bull, Red Bull here again, Again, um, Christian Horner said that this past weekend that uh, Pierre Gasly was like a different driver at the British Grand Prix, and uh, this uh, is sort of come uh, on the heels of uh, the, the statement uh, that Horner made the the uh, week before that uh, Gasly needed to press uh, Control Alt Delete and uh, and reboot his season, and uh, certainly uh, he has uh, seemed to have responded to that. Uh, well, at least for for one race, we'll have to see what it's like uh, when we go to uh, to Germany and then to, to Hungary over the next uh, couple of weeks. And and then again after the um, after the summer break, but uh, there had been a bit of a speculation that uh, perhaps uh, the the Frenchman could be uh, replaced at some time during the campaign. I mean, it is not out of the the, the realm of possibility. I mean, you can ask uh, Danny Kvyat. I mean, he was with, with uh, Red Bull uh, for a couple, uh, just rather briefly. I mean, he went from Red Bull to Red Bull. The, or sorry, he went from Toro Rosso to Red Bull, and then uh, 
by the time they uh, got to, to the Russian Grand Prix, which uh, was at the beginning of the season, I think was in 2016 or 2015, uh, whenever it was that, uh, that after he uh, had uh, too many high profile incidents, then that was it. Uh, he was uh, out and uh, he'd been uh, demoted. And then uh, Max Verstappen was promoted in his, uh, in, 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 in place to replace uh, Kvyat at, at Red Bull. And uh, certainly, I mean, that, that move has uh, worked out. I mean, uh, Kvyat was struggling at the uh, time and uh, Max has gone on to do some uh, wonderful things in Formula One is uh, leaving the window open that, uh, that there's still a lot more to come. But uh, the point is, is that, uh, that you, you can see why people are uh, drawing those conclusions and, and, and making those speculations as to whether or not Pierre Gasly is going to stick or if uh, perhaps uh, that, uh, that, uh, that he could be replaced because they, they have a history. They've done it before uh, and, and set that president with Danny Kvyat. So whether or not uh, uh, Pierre Gasly has come close to that, that line in the sand and has uh, you know, put one foot or, or both foot over it or both feet over it, that's, you know, that's a question that uh, you can only really uh, ask and get an answer from, uh, from Red Bull where that, uh, where, where that limit is uh, before they decide to, 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 to pull the plug. I mean, at least in uh, Gasly's favor, I mean, the, the, the results or the problems he's had is, uh, is just been from the results on the, on the track. I mean, he hasn't had any high profile shunts uh, with, uh, with some of the, uh, you know, the, the, the big, like the leaders in Formula One, but he has been disappointing uh, this, this far. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, he's still a young guy but uh, he's got a lot of talent and uh, everybody was expecting that uh, that that Pierre Gasly might get uh, some some more points uh, by moving to Red Bull and uh, they've been a little bit uh, far and a uh, few between uh, so far coming this year so who knows uh, whether or not uh, that that will continue or that was just a flash in the pan but uh, we'll have to keep an eye on it and uh, see what uh, what happens with uh, with Danny Kvyat over the, the the coming races sorry not Danny Kvyat uh, although he had a pretty Pretty good race on Sunday. I was, uh, should say with uh, Pierre Gasly whether or not he can keep it going and start uh, getting his season rolling. Even though we're almost fifty percent of the way through the season now, uh, he's obviously got a lot to, to make up for. I mean, they are. Uh, I mean, they're not in danger of losing their spot in the world championship, but they could certainly be uh, a lot further up. And uh, you know, you've got to think that. I think with the the, the two hundred some odd points that they have in the world championship right now, uh, most of those have come from uh, from Max Verstappen. So you think that if uh, Gasly was uh, scoring better or scoring more points on a more regular basis, that uh, that they should be higher up in uh, the constructors uh, championship. And I think that's uh, where it's coming from. I mean, uh, they're they're not going to win constructors uh, by any means uh, Red Bull that is but uh, certainly they want to do a lot better and uh, Gasly for at least one race has uh, done a little bit more to, to carry his own weight and uh, so hopefully he, for his sake he keeps it going okay just a, a couple more things now as uh, we, we start to dim the lights in the studio here uh, there's been a couple of uh, pieces uh, dripping out uh, this year or sorry this uh, this week about uh, the 2021 uh, rules and some of the proposed uh, changes they want to make uh, for for the racing so there's a, a couple of different areas that they're, they're looking at they're looking at more raceable cars they're looking at more competitive grids uh and they want cars that make you go wow that's one thing and uh, they also want uh, a financially uh, viable uh, championship uh, so i mean they've already talked about that with like a uh, um, a budget cap or whatever you want to call it uh of i think uh, the number that was thrown out there was 175 million pounds uh, per year but the the one race uh, the one thing that they do want is the the, the more raceable cars and uh, the 
the uh, regulations that they they forced through for for this year, they were an attempt, sort of an interim sort of thing, to um, to remedy and and change and improve some of the uh, the issues that they had with the uh, with the current uh, regulations that came in twenty seven, sorry twenty seventeen, and uh, they kind of uh, uh, forced those uh, through, and they've only had uh, so many. Uh, uh, they've only had so much effect. I mean, there were some promising things that were said by some of the drivers during winter testing, but then just a, even uh, just a week ago that, uh, that Nico Hulkenberg uh, came out and said that, uh, that it's still just as hard to, uh, to follow a car and stay close to a car and even pass a car as it is now that, uh, that, that it's ever been. So the one thing that uh, they are uh, trying to do, like I say, is a uh, more raceable cars. So aerodynamics have a, a lot to, to do with that. And then, um, you know, the, some of the other areas, that they're looking at are more competitive grade, uh, grids and they're well of course this how they implement all these desires that uh, they, they want but uh, Ross Braun is the sporting director at uh, at Formula One um, said that even though that uh, the, the British Grand Prix was uh, was an exciting race uh, you know you still had the fact that uh, that Valtteri Bottas was over three seconds faster in qualifying uh, than uh, Robert Kubica's P20 time so <laughs> there, there is a is a big uh, big gap and then of course if you have more competitive grids then you know then in theory there's going to be more unpredictability and maybe the more, more chances uh, that you're not going to have uh, one specific team like Mercedes running away with it each and uh, every year and then uh, that brings in the next thing that uh, that not only do they want the cars to be uh, uh, better for overtaking and racing and for passing but they also want uh, cars that uh, will make you go and what I love how they have the article on the the, the Formula One uh, air science says cars that make you go wow and the though the wow was an inverted uh, commas <laughs> it's it's kind of be uh, interesting so they said they want cars that are going to be uh, aesthetically pleasing and uh, there, there are some uh, th- uh, some uh, mock-ups going out there i mean if you go to motorsport.com uh, they do have some uh, some uh, some concepts uh, up there and uh, very much uh, they look like uh, formula one cars of the 1990s uh, to a certain extent uh, you don't have the, the the raised nose on the car uh, they're lower down there's going to be uh, more ground effects apparently and also a bigger diffuser so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out uh, in the end and and whether or not they're they're able to to meet these uh, different uh, uh, different things that the, they're they're looking at but uh, it, it does sound uh, promising I mean uh, recently you had um, uh, Lewis Hamilton and Nico Hulkenberg and uh, Alex Wirtz uh, who's a former Formula One driver involved in some of the discussions I mean all the stakeholders are there so uh, it is uh, it is slowly coming together. I think it's a, a lot slower than uh, that anybody had ever hoped for. So I really hope that whatever happens, that uh, by the time it's all said and done, that uh, that they do come up uh, with something that is um, is really worthwhile and is uh, going to deliver. So that is uh, the 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 big challenge that they have to uh, to do, and uh, we'll wait and see whether or not uh, they can get it done. So, anyways, uh, that's it. Um, could probably go on for a lot longer, but uh, I got started uh, a lot later tonight than I usually do and it's uh, getting close to 11 o'clock here in uh, on the west coast so I still got an hour or two of uh, processing to do before this one can go out for download and uh, it's only Wednesday night here so <laughs> I don't want to make it too late well with a couple more days of, uh, of work coming up but uh, anyways thank you all so very much uh, for downloading and listening to the show this week and of course if you want to support us the best and the easiest and the quickest way is just to hop onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you download 
download the show and uh, leave us a, a, a nice rating and a review. And that's uh, the, the best way to help the show grow and make it more visible. And uh, like I've said uh, many times, uh, our goal here is to share our love with uh, Formula One with, uh, with other Formula One fans all around the world. And uh, we enjoy doing that each and every week. So anyways, enjoy the rest of the week and uh, enjoy everything that's coming up. And uh, we will be back again very, very soon. If you want to get in touch with us, of course, you can get us on Twitter at f one pod or you can email us at f one pod at gmail.com. And that's it. That's a wrap. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com.